This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 18th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The Department of Homeland Security has never made good on the Real ID law's threat that Transportation Security Administration agents would refuse airport access to travelers from recalcitrant states. But the threat remains, and many states are inching toward putting their residents into the national ID system. Edward Hasbrook is a consultant to the Identity Project at PapersPlease.org. We spoke following a Cato event on Real ID last week. Why is it so important that people be uh, allowed to continue to travel or board commercial airlines without showing a specific government-issued form of ID? The problem with the demand for ID isn't in the card itself or in the database of identities per se, but that the reason to require the showing of ID is as an enabler for surveillance and control. I mean, requiring people to show ID makes sense only if you have a a database, essentially a surveillance database um, of other factoids about these people. And if you're using that to make a decision based on the identity and the dossier that you're keeping about everybody that's linked to that identity as to whether you're going to allow them to proceed or what you're going to do to them. So it's not just about not showing ID. It's about opting out of a system of pervasive, warrantless, suspicionless surveillance of all travelers and a essentially pre-crime predictive system of using those databases about our past behavior, including our past travels, uh, to make decisions about whether to let us exercise our right to travel in the future. The federal government thought they had an ace in the hole uh, when it came to getting states to comply with uh, Real ID and spending the money that would be required to comply with Real ID, and that was your citizens just won't get to travel. Uh, nearly as easily as uh, citizens of states that do comply with Real ID. So how true is that? It's about as true as the false statements that are posted by the TSA at every airport saying uh, passengers are required to show government-issued photo ID. Now, in fact, people do uh, fly without showing ID every day at airports across the country if they've lost their ID, their wallet was stolen, uh, they don't have ID. There are lots of legitimate reasons. And contrary to the threats that are being made to states to get them to plug their state uh, ID databases into the real ID hub, the official position of the TSA whenever it has come up in litigation has been that, in fact, there's no federal law or regulation that requires airline passengers to show any ID. That was the the position in Gilmore versus Gonzalez in the Ninth Circuit in 2006. And in the testimony that I heard from TSA witnesses uh, in the criminal trial of Phil Mosick in 2011 after he was falsely arrested at the behest of the TSA when he tried to document the process for flying without ID. Because the situation is that while TSA and DHS know that they have no legal right to require ID, they don't want people to realize that you have a right to travel and to do so without ID because that would negate the threats that they're making and using as a coercive tactic with the states. So why the the big disconnect? I understand the motivation behind the disconnect. Why the 
uh, how is that disconnect able to persist when you have signs that, as you say, are not true posted in airports and the agencies themselves admitting, eh, well, that's not true? I think most people, you know, haven't really thought about it and don't realize it. Um, and it's pretty intimidating. Uh, you know, the, the airport checkpoint is the most common place where ordinary innocent citizens come face to face with, uh, or not just face to face, but actually having federal agents lay their hands on them, groping them. So um, it's, a, you know, it's one of the pointy ends of the stick of federal authority. Um, that's why it's scary. That's also why this is the lever that the government uh, incorporated in the Real ID Act, hoping that it would intimidate states into complying without actually the feds having the ability to follow through. We did some Freedom of Information Act uh, requests to find out about how many people do fly without showing any ID, how many try to, and what happens to them. Uh, it turns out the TSA has been keeping daily reports on this uh, since 2008. In two years, they've managed to process and release only one sample day of data to us. But what they had, what they released for one date uh, in this month last year, uh, 129 people across the country tried to fly without having ID that the TSA found acceptable. 120 of them had their ID verified by going through this game of 20 questions they play where they get a call up a file from a data broker about you and ask you questions and see if your answers match what's in your Axiom file. And if they do, they let you fly. Uh, the remaining nine people, six of them, their identities couldn't be verified, but they were allowed to fly anyway at the discretion of the TSA. Uh, and only three out of 129, 2.5%, were actually denied travel. And that was an outrage that these people's right to travel was interfered with, but it's still only a small fraction of those who tried to fly. So the reality is not people won't be allowed to fly if they have ID from states that, that haven't capitulated to the federal demands on real ID. What will happen, though, is that people from those states will be harassed. They'll be more intrusively searched. They'll have to go through this kind of interrogation that we've just described. And one of the three people on that date uh, that we have the report for who was prevented from traveling was prevented from traveling because they exercised their right to remain silent when interrogated by the TSA. One was denied their right to travel because they didn't have a file with the date commercial data broker that was being used for verification purposes. And one was denied their right to travel because their answers about who lived at the same address or nearby didn't match what was in the data broker's file. And I mean, I couldn't tell you who Axiom thinks lives next door to me in the house where the master tenant is subletting rooms for cash on a month-by-month -month basis to day laborers, and even the landlord doesn't know who's legally resident there. So these are outrages, but still the, the real, I think, focus of so-called enforcement of real ID is going to be the legality of harassing people who are trying to fly. And people at the state level who oppose real ID should be making a commitment now uh, that their states take the right to travel of their residents seriously. 
you know, part of the part of the hope of the feds is that if there is, as there will be, litigation challenging this, it'll be litigation in which only individuals will have standing to challenge their treatment. Um, but there will be an opportunity for states to intervene as amici, uh, which is exactly what the feds don't want, just to have a direct confrontation with the states. So I hope that more states will be preparing and making public commitments that they will intervene if the rights of their residents are interfered with and that they will you know, strongly uh, defend as, as amici in those cases the rights of their residents. Edward Hasbrook is a consultant to the Identity Project at PapersPlease.org. You can watch the event on Real ID at our website, Cato.org.